Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Blog Talk Radio. Good morning. Thank you for being with us today. You're listening to An Artist Speaks, presented by Contemporary Art Gallery Online. Contemporary Art Gallery Online represents tomorrow's art giants today. Visit us at contemporaryartgalleryonline.com, and there you can view and purchase great works of contemporary art, check out our monthly art competitions and exhibitions, our blog and newsletter, view videos of our artist's work, and even listen to artist interviews from the show. Today, our guest is Lee Novak. Lee was born in Louisiana, but spent most of her early childhood moving from state to state until she settled in New Jersey when she was in the third grade. In the summer of 2002, at her sister's insistence, she painted a mural in her garage, a tropical beach scene to make rained out picnics more palatable. The success of this venture inspired her and at the age of 48 to get some serious art instruction at Mercer Community College and Artworks. And today she continues to learn with every piece that she creates. She made her first sale in 2005 and had her first solo show in 2007. Well, good morning, Lee, and welcome to An Artist Speaks. Good morning. Lee, let's start off this morning uh, by having you tell the audience just a little bit more about yourself. Okay. I'm one of four siblings. I have two sisters and a brother. Uh, I got married right out of college and spent most of my adult life as a technical writer. And it wasn't until the mural in the garage thing that I finally started to think about art as something that I could actually do. I had been interested in it a little bit when I was in high school, maybe even late grammar school, I used to try and do portraits in pencil. And I would get like, oh, those eyes really look like her, nothing else, but just the eyes. <laughs> so <laughs> when it came to being uh, practical in college, I looked at things that, that would actually pay the bills. <laughs> yeah. But now that I'm retired, I can actually really focus on the art, which is, which is fun. You mentioned in your bio that you'd taken some courses in art. Uh, what Have you done other courses since then in continuing your art education? Well, I took, I took a bunch of courses to, to really... I, I started out with some, uh, a workshop with a local artist, which was actually kind of humorous because it was our first... My sister was doing this with me, and it was our first experience with painting from life. It met once a week in the evening, and the artist instructor brought in various fruits and, and other things and set up a little still life, and we would paint that. But we painted the first, 
seeing over three weeks. So big surprise when he came in and set up the second week. The fruit was different. And we were like, you ate the fruit. How are we going to paint it when it's different fruit? <laughs> so that was that was our first experience with, like, painting from life and, and so on. And after that, I decided that um, maybe I should, like, get some real art instruction that starts with something more basic. So with the same sister, we uh, we took uh, basic drawing and painting one at the local community college and a couple of other courses. And then I took a, uh, maybe that was over the course of a couple of years because I could only do like one course a year, not one a semester. Um, and after after we did those, my sister stopped coming with me because she was, she wanted to learn watercolor and I was still interested in oils. And I've always been interested in Impressionism. I, I just love Monet and Renoir and, and, and the light that they capture. So when I found out that Susan Sarbach was coming somewhere within striking distance to give a week-long immersion workshop, I jumped at the chance. And for a week, I drove for an hour each way out to someplace past, just past Doylestown to do this art workshop with her. And she was the one that that taught about getting the color temperature down first as a beginning layer, and then layering other color in. Then I've sort of it took a little bit. That workshop was such a different thing for me in terms of the way I put the paint down on the canvas that it took me a little while to really settle into that and sort of meld that into my own style. And I took another workshop with somebody else who studied in a similar school, but that one sort of messed me up. <laughs> so I, I haven't taken any workshops since then. <laughs> Maybe I better stick with what I'm doing for a while, make sure it's all settled in before I try something else. <laughs> well, Lee, tell the audience about your process that you go through in creating a painting, beginning with where you get your inspiration for your art. Hmm. Okay. Well, I like beautiful things. So basically my inspiration can be anything from a sunset. I'm never up early enough for a sunrise. Um, but a sunset, a beautiful flower. I love the beach and the waves and and the whole translucence of waves and the, the changing of the light and stuff. Now, of course, in paint, you don't capture change, but but that's where photography comes in. <laughs> mm-hmm. And so what I'll do is I'll take photographs, and I'll do most of my work from the photographs, but I have learned that you have to keep in mind that photographs lie. They change what you're seeing because the photography can't deal with the extremes of light that our eyes can deal with, and they also have a tendency, unless you're really good at lenses and focal distance and so on and so forth, they don't they don't work the way your eyes do when it comes to focusing on something. Not necessarily physically focusing, but mentally focusing. So that a lot of times I find that I'll be looking at something and I'll say, oh, that would make a great picture. I whip out the camera 
go to take the picture and it doesn't look anything like what I saw. Mm-hmm. And I have to zoom in at least 3x in order to get something even close to what I was focused on. And it always surprises me. But I learned about the camera lying when I was doing sunset pictures and everything on the bottom of the picture was black and then you had the beautiful sky. But when you're actually looking at it, it's not all black on the bottom. It's There's colors in it. So I had to kind of learn that you you can't, you have to end what you're seeing in a photograph in order to paint from it. But that's generally how I start. I start with with a photograph. The other thing the photograph gives me that that is very helpful to me is is it lets me compose the picture. So I can take the photograph, do some composing there, and then I can bring it up digitally and do some more editing of the picture to get it so that it's focused on what I wanted to focus on. And I find that that's very helpful because then I don't have to solve those issues on the canvas. I've already got those solved in the photograph. And then in the canvas, I can focus on getting the paint on, getting the shapes right, the values right, the colors right. So that's very helpful to me. And then once I've got the photograph and I can start working on the picture, this is where the techniques that I learned from Susan Sarbach comes in. I start by laying in the temperature colors. That's anything that's in the light starts in a warm color. Anything that's in the shade starts in a cool color. You're not allowed to start uh, foliage with green, even if it's in the shade. So that gets funny. You should see how funny the pictures look with just that layer on. They 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 look like some kind of completely out there modern art has nothing to do with reality thing. The other thing that you have to do is you're supposed to simplify what you're seeing into larger shapes. I'm not good at that. And because you're supposed to have simplified it, that stage is supposed to be quick. It never is with me somehow. So then after you've got the temperature colors on, then you start adding color to that to make it be the color that you're seeing. But the temperature color that you added shows through in places and stuff, and it gives a little more depth and life to the colors that you're working with and and to the final picture. And then I just keep working on it until, until I'm satisfied with it which sometimes means that I have to come back to it several times afterwards because I walked into the room and looked at it and said, oh, no, that's not right. I, let, me, let me just fix this little thing here, which works well as long as I haven't cleaned off my palette. But once I clean off the palette, then it starts to get more tricky because <laughs> then I have trouble matching the color. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> well, then, on average, how long does it take you to create one of your pieces of art? Well, not counting the time that I take to get the photographs and edit them and select which one I'm going to paint, I usually like to give myself at least a two-day stretch, longer if it's if I'm working on a larger canvas because it simply takes more time to get it all covered. Um, but... I like to give myself a full two days of free time before before I start something because while all 
oil paints do dry slowly, they do dry. So if I can't, since I have to mix the colors into the wet paint, the paint has to stay wet. So it really can't take me any longer than at most into a third day or else I have to let it completely dry and then use mediums on it. And I prefer to work without mediums. So generally, I'll, I like to try and start at like 9 or 10 in the morning and then I have a bad habit of working straight through until like 8 that night. And then I might have to go into it for another few hours the next day. Well, and do you find that on a when you're working on a piece of art that you stay with that and from start to finish, or do you find that you start other pieces of art somewhere in the process? No, I I like to. My mother trained me well when I was a kid and doing things like needlework and so on and so forth and your attention span isn't as long as the patient's requires required to do the thing. Her comment was always, you have to finish the one thing before you start the next. And she'd probably be surprised to learn how well I've internalized that one. <laughs> but of course with painting, unlike some of the other ones, I'm still really into it until it's done, which is one reason why I tend to continue on so late with it into the night, the day I start it. It's it's kind of like I can sit down long enough to eat, but then I'm like, oh, i, I got to go up and finish it because there was this thing here, and, and I have to get this thing right, and it's not right yet. <laughs> so I have to go finish it. So, it, in fact, a lot of times if I, I do have to make myself stop by 8 o'clock because if I don't, stop at least an hour before bedtime I can't sleep because I'm thinking about the art and it's like oh maybe oh well what if I mm, how about if (laughs) so it just it it stays in my head one of my first art teachers um, kept referring to it as uh, solving a problem and and I and I used to used to kind of shake my head at that it's like what what is this solving a problem terminology about? But I find that in some ways, even if you're not thinking of it as a problem, you are solving something in order to try and make that 3D image work on a two-dimensional piece of canvas. Oh, yeah, that's that's so true. And that's that really is where I think separates a lot of artists is being able get that 3D image. I mean, that's the goal. Sometimes it's a difficult goal to hit. Yeah, that's one of the things that I'm always really happy when people, I'll show them, especially like the flower paintings that I do, I'll show them the painting and they go, I could reach out and grab that. (laughs) That's always such a compliment to me. Well, and, you know, in your bio, you mentioned you got started by doing the mural in your garage. Have you done other murals since then, or stick mostly to canvas? No, I stick mostly to canvas. The mural thing, is I did get a few people who asked me if I would be willing to do a mural for them, and I basically told them, for the amount of time it took, you couldn't pay me enough. <laughs> because <laughs> that took... First, you have to prep walls just like you normally would when you're painting. Then you have to do, like, base coats, and then you have to play with it and and do the painting. And I was never confident that I'd be able to get all the perspectives right and 
and it has to look pretty real when you're doing it, especially and and if you're doing it for somebody else. Like when I'm painting on the canvas, I'm painting it basically because I want to paint it. So the only one that needs to be happy with it is me. Except occasionally I'll do a portrait. There are several children in the family, nieces, nephews, friends, friends' children and stuff. And I've done portraits of them. And that gets difficult because you have to really catch the likeness, especially since I usually just give it to the parents. And they're not going to be happy with it if it doesn't look like their kid. So I I prefer to, to, like, work for myself. I'm hard enough on myself. When I'm working for somebody else, I'm really hard on myself. <laughs> well, I know when I go to a gallery, and I enjoy all different types of art, but I'm, I always catch myself. I go to, and look at the portrait artist because I'm just always amazed at how they have the ability to make and, and make it lifelike. Mm-hmm. And I just, that's always an amazing thing to me. I remember on one of my younger, like I was probably in my 20s or 30s at the time, my husband and I went to Boston and we happened to wander into a museum, I think over on the uh, one of the college campuses in Cambridge. And Upstairs, we walked up the stairs. On the bottom, there was all modern art, and the theme of the show was red. So there were there were some canvases that were nothing but red, which I can't quite get my head around. So we went upstairs, and they had some um, older art, representational. And at the head of the stairs, there was this portrait, and it was by a famous artist, but I can't for the life of me remember who now. And I remember stepping up really close to this painting because I was looking at the eyes of the person and it was just like looking into someone's actual face. The iris had all of those those different patterns in it that irises have in person and I'm looking at it and I'm like, wow. I was just so impressed. I don't do that. I can't get quite that level of detail, but I'm so impressed when people can do that. Me too. I just, uh, just as I said it. Just, it's an amazing talent mm. to do portrait art. Yeah. Well, Lee, so you paint on canvas. Do you have a a preferred size of canvas that you prefer to use, or you just use a, whatever you think fits? your motivation for the piece? Um, Generally, I have a tendency to work on the small side, um, especially within the last couple of years. I've been working on mostly 9 by 12 and smaller. Um, Mm -hmm. For a while there, I was doing 4 by 6 inch paintings. Um, Then I, I kept finding that that was fine as long as you were up close to it, but if you were looking at it from across the room, you couldn't see anything. So I moved up to 5 by 7 inch and 6 by 6 inch, and I've done a fair amount of those. But I do um, I do a fair number of 9 by 12s. And then I started, I started thinking, yes, but some of the paintings really need to be in a more panoramic size. So I picked up some... 12 by 24 inch 
and I have like an 8 by 16. And then I found in a store, I was getting something else, and I found 4-inch by 12-inch panoramic size on stretched canvas. And I was like, oh, I need some of those. So I, I picked up the one that I saw, and then after I used it, I real quick found some more and, and bought five of them. But um, but those lately I've been using this this um, support called Gesso Board, and it's like a, mm-hmm. a wood panel with gesso on it. And I like the fineness of the tooth and the fact that when you go to frame it, you don't have to make sure that to get extra deep rabbits in the frame, you can just use like a regular frame on it. So it saves me on mm-hmm. framing. And mm-hmm. I really like those. Unfortunately, they don't make them in a 4-inch by 12-inch or any larger version of that aspect ratio. So I have to get the stretch canvas for the 4 by 12-inch ones. But I really like the gesso board. That's That's been my favorite, my favorite support for the last, oh, four or five years probably at this point. Back when I was still fairly new at all of this, I, I got... Um, I got a one-person show at a local brewing company, and they had very large space, so they needed very large paintings. So I did a whole bunch of paintings that were 24 by 30 or 24 by 36. And the problem for me with those was they were so expensive that nobody that I knew could afford to buy them. So I decided (laughs) that I would try working smaller for a while. Yes, that's always an important consideration uh, when creating an art, uh, if, if you have the intent to sell your art. Yeah, I feel quite strongly that art isn't art unless it's shared. I can never understand people who get so shy about their art that they paint it and then hide it away. What is the point? <laughs> I mean, I, you paint something because you wanted to share it, or at least I do. Well, and I agree, I, and I think most artists do. But you're right; there are some out there, and I think it's their lack of self confidence. They, you know, it's their thought that their art isn't good enough to share, which is, you know, that's that should never be the point. You should never let that get in your way because everyone can look at a piece of art. Five people can look at the same piece of art, and they get five different things out of it. Yeah. Absolutely. And I'm always surprised some of the pieces that I've done that I thought were like, eh, or just not that great. And people will see them and they'll go, oh, I like that one. That's my favorite. And I'm like, really? Serious? (laughs) (laughs) Because that's not the one I would have thought was the best one. Well, Lee, we're at a point here where we should take a quick commercial break. And then when we come back, we'll talk about the art you submitted in the July competition, art competition at Contemporary Art Gallery Online, in which you were one of the winners, and we'll talk about your art. And I want to let our listeners know that you can view and purchase some of Lee Novak's artwork by going to contemporaryartgalleryonline.com, click on the Search Gallery tab, and then click on Lee Novak's name to view and order some of her work. Contemporary Art Gallery Online is the number one source for showcasing tomorrow's art giants. So if you're an artist seeking gallery representation, 
click on the Artist Member Corner and follow the prompts under the Member Application Process tab. And if you're a designer, architect, connoisseur, or just a lover of great art who believes art can turn a house into a home, then come visit us and review some of the wonderful art created by some of the finest artists in North America. You can search by style, medium, color, size, or even by the individual artist. And again, to view Lee Novak's beautiful art, just click on the search gallery and then follow the prompts to Lee Novak's name. Well, Lee, let's talk about the art that you'd submitted for the competition. And first okay. piece is Springtime After Sandy. Tell us about the inspiration and how that piece came about. Okay. Springtime After Sandy was uh, uh, based on a photograph that I took when I was at, on Long Beach Island in New Jersey, hence LBI. Um it was the spring after Hurricane Sandy came through, and Hurricane Sandy, as people may know, really did a number on the Jersey Shore. And so there was a lot of rebuilding going on and and places that were totally, totally devastated. So we stopped, we went, we took a day trip down there, um, and I had my camera with me, and we, we made our way down to the beach. And a lot of the beach accesses were completely wiped out. You couldn't... The, the dune was like... Had, had been cut away to the point that the whole beach access was gone. But we found, we found a spot that we could get down to the beach and walked up and down the beach. And I took this photograph looking down the beach where you could see that the water at high tide had been all the way up bottom of the dune and the dune was almost vertical going up a good 20 feet so i took i took a bunch of photographs and when i got home i i played around with them and decided which one i wanted to paint and i painted that one and it was a beautiful sunny day so it's it's a very light painting in the sense that that there was a lot of light um reflecting off jersey sand is a beautiful lovely white sand um and the the waves were also creaming in a lovely whitish kind of color and so there, there there's a lot of very pale color in in the painting but you can see that the the dune has been devastated so that's it was a it was fairly high tide i think the tide was the, the tide was probably going out but but you could see by the wet marks and how far up they were, how the tide after Hurricane Sandy, you could see how the beach had been had been washed away to the point that that the dune was all of a sudden a steep bluff instead of a nice graded incline. So I decided that I wanted to paint that and show people that weren't there kind of what kind of damage had been done. Because looking at this beach in this painting, you would have to wonder where people could set up their stuff if they wanted to sit on the beach that summer. Because right. <laughs> there wasn't any room for people on it. Not as high tide, anyway. I mean, not much beach there. No. And then another piece you entered was entitled A Gray Day in Newport. Tell us about that yes. piece. That one... That was one of the first paintings that I did after I learned the new techniques that I talked about from Susan Sarbach. So that was one. And, and of course, 
silly me, I'm starting this new technique where everything is all about what's in the shade and what's in the sun, at least to get started. And I'm doing this kind of gray, misty day. So is the sky light? Is it warm or is it cool? Because, okay, the sun's behind it, but you're not seeing any sun. So does that mean it's in the shade? So that was an interesting study. But my family has close connections in in Newport, and so we go up there on a fairly frequent basis. And I took the photo that I used as a reference on what's called Ocean Drive, which is a lovely, lovely scenic route that goes around the peninsula there and um, the end of the island, and, and you get all these beautiful views out there. Of course, the fact that it was kind of a gray day, was a little bit of a deterrent because they weren't nice, beautiful, sunny beach pictures, but I figured I would take the pictures anyway. And and I thought this one would make a really good painting because you've got you've got those those lovely mist covered hills in the background. You've got the the more noticeable rocks in the foreground where the mist is lighter. And then there's the seagull up there giving a little bit of hope. Mm-hmm. Well, I certainly enjoy the colors you used in that because it does really translate a, a kind of a gray, misty day. Yeah, and it was kind of surprising because the rocks in the foreground um, started out with a color that was kind of a, a violet red, <laughs> which is not exactly a color that wow. you tend to think of painting rocks, right. and yet it worked really well. Yes, it did. Well, and then another piece, uh, again, a very colorful piece, Barnegat Bay at Sunset. Yes, that's, that. I was very pleased. That one tied for fifth place in the competition for July, so I was very excited about that. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. We had, this was also, um, we were on LBI, Long Beach Island. We were staying at the Sandcastle Inn in Barnegat Light which is at the northern end of the island. And we were on the bay side, and our room looked out over the bay, so we could see all these gorgeous sunsets. So when I noticed that the sunset was getting really good, I grabbed my camera and ran outside and started taking pictures. And then the seagull so kindly got right into the picture at just the right <laughs> point. <laughs> I was so excited. You did, didn't it? <laughs> so, and of course, I love sunset. The The colors in them are exquisite and the way the clouds get backlit so that just the edges that beautiful shimmery golden light you know it's i love that so that was that was an easy call to i had to paint that one um and it's just that one was that one did have some issues because when i the photograph that i was working from had these pilings in the front, in the foreground, and they were just the wrong height, and they were like blocking the the scene, and so I did something that I almost never do, and that's I changed the painting from what the real thing looked like, and I just took the pilings out. <laughs> <laughs> and I almost never do that. People are constantly, you know, other artists. I, I get on this um, online forum. Um, called Wet Canvas. And other artists there are constantly saying, you know, just because it's in the picture or in the scene in front of you doesn't mean you have to put it in. And I'm like, 
Right. I don't know how to not put it in if it's really there. So this one, I had to just make the decision and, and take it out because I had already put it in and didn't like it. So I had to scrape it off, paint over it. So that worked better without the pilings. Well, it certainly is an awesome picture. And I like, I too like sunsets and sunrises. Sunsets a little more than sunrises because you get a, a rainbow of colors, which you certainly have in this painting as well. Mm. Yeah. And it's interesting, the colors that you use that you can combine to get those to get those different shades of of purpley gray and bluey gray and and orange and pink and aqua and and all that kind of they're just they're just such beautiful colors. Well, and another piece you submitted was an interesting piece as well. Look what I found. Oh yes, that one. We were on vacation down in um, Fort Myers Beach, and um, we were sitting out on the beach in like late morning. And this family came out, and you could tell by what they were wearing that they were probably leaving that day because they were all dressed in in real clothes, even though they were on the beach. And it certainly wasn't because it was chilly, because okay, it was Florida in right. April it was hot. So and and the woman was wearing these beautiful white flowy pants and a and, and a top and it was catching the light in such really cool ways. So here I am, stuck around the beach taking all these pictures of her and the family out there. <laughs> I should have got their name because, yeah, you know, I maybe could have sold the painting to them, but I never did. So I I got home and I and I played around with them, I cropped them, changed, you know, moved things around and stuff and, and decided to paint that. But I think you can get the sense that it's kind of morning-ish on the beach there. And, and, and I, liked, I liked this particular little vignette because it's, it's such a typical kind of scene when you've got uh, a mother and kids on the beach where the kids are, like, looking for things and showing them to their mom, look, see what I found, you know. Yeah. So. What I enjoyed about this piece is how you layered the colors. I thought that was very mm. interesting, and certainly I guess it would be representational of how the beach may have looked, but it was I like the way the, the colors are layered in this piece. Yeah, that's, um, that's again, because of the technique where, where you start with the temperature color and then you start adding in other colors. So, for instance, water in sunlight, you can't start it with blue or green. You have to start it with a warm color, so you have to start it with like yellow or pink or orange. <laughs> <laughs> so you end up getting some interesting interesting colors out of that, but I find that, that that works very, very well for water. Well, it's a very beautiful piece. I, I One of my favorites. That one is actually hanging in the Hamilton Township Public Library over the entrance to the children's section. Because the Hamilton, yeah, the Hamilton Township Public Library decided that they needed to, um, they needed to address some of the other cultural issues other than just reading, and they decided to invite artists to um, display some of their work there. So it's mm-hmm. a kind of a, a loan, but without any particular set period. 
So right. that one is currently hanging in the Hamilton Township Library. Well, and another piece you entered was Early Morning on the Beach. That was from that same trip. Um, that was actually taken... It might The photograph was probably taken the morning we were leaving. And it was early, early morning, and the sun was behind us because Fort Myers Beach is on the western coast. So the morning sun comes up behind behind the land and not over the water like in New Jersey. So, so there were all these beautiful long shadows that were that were this lovely bluey purpley kind of color, and then where the sun came through, the sand was almost pink white, and then you had just those couple of people, and the water and the palm trees. That was one of the ones that I decided, that was one of the first ones that I painted in the 12 by 24 format because it really needed that format. Well, that must have given you a new perspective on some of your painting with the sun coming up from behind, if you will, versus what you were used to in New Jersey. Yeah. I, I've i gotten, at on some of our other trips down, down south, um, I had managed to get some good sunset photographs with the sun setting over the water. And I was very happy that I could finally get a sunset over the water picture, which you can't easily get in New Jersey. (laughs) And I'm not up early enough to get sunrise, no. (laughs) So so normally when I'm down, down in Florida, I'm ending up trying to get the the sunset picture. So this was this was different because it was a sunrise kind of thing with the different perspectives than you would get here, yeah. Well Lee, is there a philosophy that you have about art? Well I guess basically I would have to say that my intent with art is I want to uplift people. I don't want to bring them down I don't want to show them reality in the sense of something that's miserable and hard and and uncomfortable. I want to show them the beauty of life, the beauty that God creates. Because you can't help but but make the connection that if, if God can spend so much effort and time to make something as ephemeral as a sunset that beautiful, then how much more attention must he be paying to us? Mm-hmm. You know, and and if my painting can show people that beauty and maybe spark that thought in them, then it was worth it. Well, that is so true. It's so true, and and your art is very beautiful, and and you're very good at your art. We're just excited to have you on Contemporary Art Gallery Online. Well, thank you. Well, we were near the end of the show, and one of the questions I always do like to ask the artist is, what advice would you give to someone that's just starting out their art career? Practice, practice, practice. <laughs> I think the I think the most important thing is to work on it regularly. I found at one point I was um, when in my very early days with art. I actually took a week off from work and painted every single day 
And it was amazing how much better my work was by the end of the week. I've I've heard of of techniques like um, an hour a day, paint an hour a day, short paintings that aren't intended necessarily to be saleable paintings. You know, use a use a painting sketch pad, but paint every day, and you'll be amazed at how quickly your art develops. Unfortunately, I've never really done that except for that one week. But I do try and, and paint regularly so that I'm at least getting one painting a week done. I ran into some periods where it was not very easy to do that and I sort of fell behind. But I find that that it really is a question of of practice because what happens is if, if you try something and it works, and you don't give yourself the opportunity to do it again soon thereafter, you forget what it was that worked. You forget right. how you did it. And so therefore you really need to keep doing it frequently so that so that you remember what you've learned and can put it into practice and then build on it as you go on. The other thing that I would suggest is that if there's someone whose work you really admire and they're offering a workshop or a class, do your best to try and get to it because you can learn so much from other artists. And I have to say one of the things I was constantly impressed by is how friendly and helpful other artists are. I mentioned before there's this online forum. It's called www.wetcanvas.com and they have different groups on there and it's free, and you can look and see what other people are doing. They post things, and they ask for critiques, and people people answer with, with suggestions and comments and stuff like that. They're all so incredibly helpful that you can't help but improve. Well, that's great advice about practicing, because I believe even though art is a talent and you know, a God-given talent, it's still something that to develop that talent, you must practice a lot. And I think that's yeah. true in art and a lot of other things. So, I think one of the things that happens is is that I think God gives you the eye so that you can see what would be art. And you have to practice and learn how to develop that into a final piece. Yes, and then you also mentioned, and I hear this from a lot of artists, and I guess people that probably aren't artists would find it odd, but artists generally are very giving people, and they love to share their art. They love to share their knowledge. They don't want, they don't mind uh, teaching someone else a technique. That's right. And so, a lot of artists uh, spend a lot of time with other artists, and I think that is a very good good thing for, especially someone new into the business. That's that's where you're going to learn the most, I think. And and I think I think that part of it is that every artist has a slightly different way of doing things. Even artists in the same school, so to speak, do things differently. Show, are interested in showing something different about a similar scene. If you go to an art class and people are painting. The, from the same image, there's somebody posing, for example, and they're doing they're 
painting from life. And if you walk around that room, every single painting in the room is different. There isn't one of them that's the same. And it's not because some of them are better or worse. It's because they're all focusing on something different to show. So I think maybe that might be part of the reason why artists don't get all worried about whether or not somebody's somebody that they're teaching is going to show them up or something because somebody that they're teaching is going to be doing it differently than them anyway. Right. Well, and it's always an exchange. Usually in teaching someone, you learn something as well. True. True. Well, Lee, thank you for joining us today on An Artist Speaks. Well, thank you. We certainly enjoyed our chat today, and we all look forward to seeing more of your art. Well, thank you. I'd be delighted. I'm planning to add some more paintings. (laughs) That's great. I also want to thank our listeners for being with us today. And again, to view Lee Nova's stunning art, to listen to this interview, and of course, purchase some of Lee's art, visit us at contemporaryartgalleryonline.com. I want to let all the artists listening in today know that Contemporary Art Gallery Online hosts a monthly art competition and exhibition. To enter your art, just click on the Art Competition tab and follow the prompts, and you can check out all of our upcoming competitions and exhibitions as well. If you're an architect, interior designer, or just a lover of art who likes to have interesting and beautiful art adorning your walls, then visit us at ContemporaryArtGalleryOnline.com and view some of the most exciting original art that you just can't find anywhere else. And while visiting our gallery, we would love for you to follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and our blog, so please sign up so you can keep up with all that is happening at the gallery. airs every other Saturday morning, so we'll meet again in two weeks. But next Saturday, at the same time, be sure to listen to our show, The Business of Art, hosted by artist and published author Sharon Hawkshaw, as she shares tips and ideas on how artists can grow their business. Again, thank you for listening to us today, and have a great rest of your weekend.
With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.